Hello, Timmy. Hey, what's up, man? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. January 10th, the morning of. How is your 2023 thus far? Really uneventful. Just uh, had a chill holiday. Like, Kat's family's not too big. My family's not big. They both live close by, so spend some time with them, which is nice. Uh, <clears throat> I can be kind of a Scrooge around the holidays. Mm. I just, it's mainly the gift giving thing. Like when, when Kat and I like first started to like really spend holidays together, they, they, they would get gifts for not just like, uh, she has two sisters. So not just the siblings, not just her mom and dad, but uh, her, she has two aunts. We would get gifts for them. Then they have, or one of the aunts has a couple kids, so two cousins. We would get them gifts. And, like, it was, like, this big ordeal of exchanging the gifts. And, like, it's just, it was so much. That's too much. That's too much and I, money, too much pressure, too much totally. bullshit. Yes. And, and, like, when it was all said and done, like, it, it was nice and it was it was fun. And, like, you know, I, I thought we were able to get, like, some good gifts for them and you do take some pride in your gift giving ability but uh-huh. it was just so much i i finally floated the the pollyanna idea yeah which we, we we immediately started doing that and now we don't even do that like it's over it, it is yes. it's totally over and i and I, I i didn't even like make it a big deal i just like very nonchalantly brought up the pollyanna idea and that like seemed to be the tipping point to just completely kill the the you know, it was just too much. That's yeah. I'm not a big fan of getting adults gifts. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's we're all at this point. We all know what the fucking deal is. All the adults were tricked into spending all their money, getting their kids a bunch of bullshit, and trying to imp- implant some meaning onto the whole thing. Like, uh, like the kid as a kid, it's just like. This is awesome. I'm getting so many new toys. Yep. And your parents are like, it's it's a the season of giving. It's about uh get, giving it. But as a kid, you're just like, no, it's not. It's about receiving a bunch of shit that I want. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's all fucking just a bunch of it's a bunch of horse shit. But um this is the I did get Tammy a gift this year. I surprised her because usually we're a no gifts type of couple, but same. I, uh, when we got married a hundred years ago at this point, um, <laughs> we didn't have any money. And so for her mother gave me her mother's ring to use as the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this year I finally replaced it with a ring of, Tammy's own, so she gave back her mom her mom's ring, and now she has her own ring. So that was that was nice. That was the first time I like got a good gift for somebody. <laughs> That's huge, man. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, it was fun. I was very happy to do it, and I didn't. I'm so much. We are both so bad at 
uh, keeping surprises and stuff. Like we're normally, if we buy each other something, the day it comes in the mail or the day we buy it, we're like, I got you something. And then we immediately give it, but (laughs) I got it in the mail. I hid it in my dad's room and then waited till, um, she was getting dressed for our Christmas Eve party. And I said, is that what you're wearing? And she was like, yeah. And I said, I think you should wear this with it. Pulled out the wrapped ring box, handed it over. Bam. No idea. Victory. Yeah, I nailed it. Uh, So that was fun. That was fun. Uh, And then, like, um, we do recently. So we had... uh, big party on christmas eve and uh we do this thing called recent very like f- we've only been doing it for a few years it's called um some people call it a white elephant some people call it a yankee swap have you heard of something like this it's like not really so so everybody all the everybody buys a gift say it's like between 25 and 50 bucks or whatever and wraps it and brings it and puts it in a pile. Then everybody picks a number and you go in order. And so the first person picks a gift out of the pile and unwraps it. Everybody sees what it is. Now, number two decides if they want to pick a, a wrapped gift and open that or if they want to steal number one. Okay, if number I one gets there stolen, then one gets a new unwrapped, a new gift to unwrap. It's like that. Uh, so that's, so that was also, you know, even that is too much pressure for me. I'm like, what the fuck do I buy? I don't want to fucking, you know, <laughs> so, but we got, so our contribution was, um, like a, uh, water bottle, like a hydro flask water bottle. You know what I mean? I forget it's a good gift. Like everybody can use one. No one really wants to buy them. They're like 35 or $40. I don't want to spend that on a fucking water bottle. But if I get one for a gift, hell yeah. And then a set of three Pyrex, Pyrex dishes, right? Which is like glass Tupperware or whatever. Yeah, those are awesome. <laughs> Love to get those. Don't want to buy them. Love to get them as a gift. And then like a blanket or some shit, right? So I was happy about that. I got a... um little jar bucket full of mini mini bottles of liquor the little guys and like Uh, the airplane bottles yeah a bunch of airplane bottles and um some like chocolate and hot chocolate and shit but those airplane bottles fucked me over because i so all right so that night i got real fucked up (laughs) christmas eve i got real fucked up and then i did a couple of those shots and then after everyone left the house, I laid on my couch and my hallway started spinning. And I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. But I was able to ride it out and I felt pretty okay the next day. Then, you know, fast forward a week, we're going to New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we go out to our friend Rachel's house. I bring all the leftover airplane bottles and dude, I get annihilated. Like, so I, I packed, I didn't want to get that fucked up. 
so I, br- I I packed three beers with me, right? I brought three Mick Ultras. I finished them basically immediately. And then um, I drank someone else's Golden Monkey, which apparently is a very high alcohol beer. Yeah, dude, that's almost 10%. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's like nine. Slu- chugged one, of, like took one of those right to the dome. So that's uh, like three beers. Yeah, so I'm up to cool. like six beers. I start sh- fucking just swallowing these airplane bottles, which at this point are like lemonade vodka and shit. Like just the the nastiest shit. You don't want to be mixing up. But I'm mixing them. And then I get a fucking... Then uh, they break out some like Jameson. Like who wants shots of Jameson? I was like, well, I sure do. <laughs> so that night I way, way, way overdid it to the point of... Like, spending all night fucking puking my fucking guts out. And then waking up the next day, just feeling awful. Feeling like <laughs> I've got a lot of black spots in the night. Did I do anything bad? And Tammy yeah. was like, no, you were, you were fine. I was like, thank God. She was like, I got you out of there. She could tell it was about to take a turn, so she got me out of there before I got <laughs> sick. <laughs> But then I was just fucking, just like, my anxiety was through the roof all week, and I was depressed, and I was like, just, my body was just recovering from being poisoned, you know what I mean? And it took basically all week to feel okay. And then fast forward to next Friday, so three weekends in a row, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, fast forward to a wedding Three major drinking events in three weeks. And I, all right, so the wedding, I did right. You know, I drank a good amount. I got a very healthy buzz, but I was just drinking beer. I did one martini, mostly beer, and then the shot, the um, champagne toast, right? I wasn't Mm. fucking an idiot. And I was good, felt good. Slept great, woke up, no hangover. But still, I think, you know, our bodies are changing. I'm 30-something years old, 34, (laughs) 35. I really don't remember right now. (laughs) And it's just like, even now, a few days out, I'm like, I still, I like, drinking, especially, maybe it's because it's so many major drinking events in a row, three weeks in a row. But right now, today, what's today? Tuesday? Yep. Drank on Friday. I'm like thinking like the thought in my head is like, I don't think I should be drinking anymore. Like feeling like super anxious and nervous and tense and like sad for three days following drinking is not worth it. Like I love the, I love drinking when I'm drinking. But the fucking pendulum swinging back at this point is just real shitty. And I'm hating it right now. But who knows? Funny, actually, this this holiday season, I think I realized that when I'm in those social settings, I forget about drinking. Really? I'm, I'm like trying to make a point to get conversations into like everyone at the social setting to mm-hmm. like, you know, be friendly and 
you know, especially with Cat's family, you know, I legitimately love them. Like yeah. they, they are great people, and I like I want to know what's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. and like want them want to tell them about me, and and then and then next thing I know, like three hours have passed, and I haven't had a single beverage. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, weddings are different. That that I'm definitely like, all right. Um, and this wedding was like it. Like an old friend from elementary school, Michelle. Okay. So, and it was like all, it was like, it was like the friend portion of it. There's like, you know, it's where, there's like her family, but then the friends in ours, where we were sitting was basically like a fucking high school reunion. You know what I mean? Right. It For was sure. so great. So fun to see all these people that like, you don't see that often, but when we're all together, it's just like we got to do this every weekend. I love you guys. <laughs> you know, we might not see each other for a year or more, but it was just so, so lovely. So great to be, to be around them. And maybe part of the, the way I'm feeling is the, just the come down from the high of being social. Cause I'm rarely yeah. social. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, ever since, uh, the, the owner of Appetites, he gave me great advice going into my wedding. And he, mm-hmm. he said, he was like, on your wedding day, you just remember to eat, dude. Just yeah. just make a point to eat something. And I take that advice to every wedding I go to now. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go balls to the wall, drink a yeah. lot. But I really make a point to, like, do rounds of food. It's not just, like, that one sitting. I keep going back and getting more food. Oh, <laughs> dude, the food here was so fucking good. The, the in the hors d'oeuvres we had like tortellini we had mozzarella sticks onion rings a carving station lobster tail all just for hors d'oeuvres i was fucking pigging out it was outstanding and then a fucking yeah. beautiful filet mignon for dinner man oh hell yeah oh i i i hear you too about like uh like the last wedding I was at, it was a girl I used to bartend with at Appetites. So there was like a heavy contingent of Appetites people there. Mm-hmm. And us restaurant people were lunatics. So yeah. like, you know, of course we had a blast. Yeah. Um, and then uh, before, the, before the holidays, a huge gang of uh, former Iron Hill employees, we just like, out of the blue, this one girl, like I guess through Facebook or something, just started trying to plan something for all of us former employees. Next thing you know, like over 20 of us went to uh, <laughs> Kennett Square to uh, a diner who uh, one of our former head chefs, Anthony Young, owns the place. So we went to his diner, had a meal, said what's up to him, and then we relocated to like a brewery down the street, had a couple beverages and just bullshit. It was fucking amazing, you know? So yeah, like that high of just like seeing everybody. And yeah. I, I didn't even get to talk to everybody yeah. like uh, I mean, I did say hi to everybody, but there were certain people that I like just talked with more than others that I just was like, damn, we got to do this again so I can get to those people that I didn't talk to. Fuck, man. Yeah. It's great. Your social but, battery. You know, yeah. Like, I I hear you about not being social. Like, I don't go out of my way to see people. <laughs> no. You know, uh Lots of times I just go places by myself and then next thing you know, there's someone there that I know and mm-hmm. then I'll like talk to them. But I don't <laughs> for some reason, I ne- it never crosses my mind to like text people to be like, hey, 
I'm going to go grab a bite to eat here. You want to join me? Like, that's just not in my DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I'm just so fucking tired all the time. Like, I just want to, my default is just like, I don't want to, I'm just gonna, not going to do shit. I'm just going to sit and watch TV and Glass fall Onion. Asleep. Yeah, I'm going to watch Glass Onion again because I love it. <laughs> oh, so much. Tim, last Sorry. time we talked, um, we went through the saga of you getting hired and then getting the uh, just kidding phone call yeah. from the company. <laughs> that, uh, what has happened since then? I feel like we have some better news. Yes. So talked to another job recruiter and they they initially had some job offer in Philly. Which, by the way, there's a shitload of jobs in Philly, and I think it's because there's Philly tax. Uh, no one wants to travel to Philly, quite frankly. Yeah, being there um, sucks. <laughs> Driving yeah. there sucks. Yeah. So, so there are a ton of jobs in Philadelphia, and they're offering a little more money for those reasons. But yeah, like, luckily it just kind of fell through. With, with whatever it was, and right right away, the job recruiter was like, well, anyway, I have this uh, other job offer in Malvern. Um, okay. And so I was I was very interested. And by the way, Malvern's only like 15 minutes from where I live. And when you drive um, through Malvern, you're like, damn, this is where all the rich people live. It's crazy. Malvern is like the hoity-toity <laughs> main line. Like, I mean, really, all of, if you just roll down Lancaster Ave, which yeah. is Route 30, yeah. it's all fucking hoity-toity. Yeah. Berwyn, Wayne, Devon. Yeah. They're, they're all so goddamn, like, Big old bougie. fucking houses, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this company is like a security company. Uh, they, years ago, I guess back in like the 80s, is when they created like if you ever watched a movie where like a bank robber robs a bank vault and he like I think it happens in Speed where like they open a bag of cash and they get sprayed with paint yeah they they literally made that they're the company that made that oh um, wow shit yeah okay. and, and then through the years they they've now expanded to uh, they make these little GPS tracking devices that they put in all sorts of things um, like literal cash vaults they put them in cash drawers. Um, they, they put it in high-end perfumes, high-end handbags, and, uh, the job I was interviewing for is to, like, troubleshoot these devices. Uh, so yeah, I went through three interviews, <laughs> and they offered me the job. They offered me the job early December, and I immediately accepted, because I was already, like, just kind of planning for that, yeah. and because the interviews were going well, um, the, the, you know, it's like a, it's like a big pay bump, uh, the, the, the benefits of the job are great. Like in my current job, I do have uh, health benefits and I have um, a 401k, but I don't get paid time off. I don't have any sick days. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like the, the pay is kind of shit. Like yeah. I took a huge pay cut doing this from what I was doing bartending. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now, now this job will have uh, paid time off, you know, sick days, uh, and, and also like the pay bump gets me back to like, like almost exactly what I was making bartending. So like, I'm finally going to be back to, you know, where I was. That's and, you know, great. Yeah. This, this was like the goal all along is like, I want to make the same amount of money that I already was, but I want to be doing something that I'm fucking good at. Yeah. And like, 
you know, that I went, that took, you know, my classes and got all my IT certifications for. Exactly. Um, so yeah, as of th- this is my final week at my current job. And uh, I start training the 16th on uh, next Monday. And apparently it's like three weeks of training. So it's a lot of training. Okay. Uh, but then after that, I'm, I'm on my own. It's four days remote. One day is required in the office, which I'm already doing. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, God I, damn, I am excited. Timmy. Yes, that's awesome. Of course, my brain is already trying to like sabotage myself and... I'm, I'm like worried about the training. Am I going to pick it up fast enough? Is it, am yes. I going to suck at the job? No, <laughs> you know, and no, 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 no. right. You'll be fine, yeah. Tim. You'll be fine. Three weeks, plenty of time. You're going to be uh, okay. That, that third and final interview was actually in their office. So it was cool to actually drive there and it's super easy to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, met the guy who is going to be my boss, this guy, Mark, um, and I met one of the other analysts on this, on the team that does the job that I will be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to like, just fire questions off of him. And like, that was really helpful. Cause then like the, the, the job description, even from the get from talking to the job recruiter was very vague. And like, even what they sent over to me in an email mm. was still super vague. And then through a couple interviews, I was like, <laughs> I, I generally get what I'm going to be doing, but like, this is still so vague. But then talking to that guy who actually does the job, I was like, okay, I, I know exactly what we're doing here. And that was just like super helpful. And like, that actually got me excited for the job itself. <clears throat> That's fantastic, Timmy. You worked your ass off and you're just starting at this job and you're where you were plus benefits. You know what I mean? Right. Which you didn't, you didn't have health benefits at any restaurant job you've ever had. Right. Is that even a thing in the industry? Iron Hill Hill did actually provide them. And and that's why Iron Hill was so unique and special Mm. for time that i was there and that's why it was so disappointing when they really shit the bed. they're just a shell of yeah. their former selves you know yeah uh, and but you're no like that when i was getting health benefits at iron hill that is unheard of no no restaurant does that <laughs> that's insane <laughs> what a fucking racket industry <laughs> it's really it unbelievable so yeah but good for you um, and in a year's time you'll get you know you'll be making even more money yeah, and, and that that's, yes, exactly. Like, I do think there's room to grow in this company where, like, every, every company tells you, they, they try to, like, you know, stroke you off and, you know, sell you on, on whatever job they're selling, and they talk about career opportunities, and mm-hmm. it's usually bullshit. Like, this, this current, this past company, well, I'm still working for them, but my soon-to-be former company, that was part of, like, their sales pitch is like, well, you could, uh, like, have ability to move up and do this and do that and yeah like, some companies use, use just use that as like justification for the shit that they're gonna pay you when they hire you be like right it's bad now but in the future it could get better and most of the time it can't yeah like in hindsight i mean Har- harrison would say the same because he worked at the same company like there, there's no movement they mm. might put you on another help desk that suck shit yeah. and they're not going to pay you any more for it. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but no, this company, like it is small. It is very small. Um, but that's part of why they're hiring me is that this team is like currently four people and they're expanding it to six and I'm going to be one of those people. Um, Damn, that's so cool. that's like, 
that is like actual evidence that they're they are growing and there could be like opportunity down the road to like do more yeah. or, you know and get paid for it <laughs> so let me ask you this the person your recruiter or whatever the person that got you this job do you do you have do you pay them like how do, how does that person make money I don't know, but I know like a lot of I know, I know a lot of people like that right out of college do that job recruiting. So, yeah. Okay. Um, they tend. I feel like so. All right. So, uh, at the end of my classes that I took, like part of it is like career development, and they helped me with my resume, and they they heavily stressed LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and you know I was a career bartender. What the fuck do I care about LinkedIn? Right. Um. But, you know, I took their advice and I made my LinkedIn page like very fancy. I put all my certifications on it. Um, and there's an option on it where you can just say, like, I'm open for work. And then so I did that. And all of a sudden, like every week, usually two to five different recruiters were just sending me messages. Oh, wow. Saying like, hey, I checked out your profile. I have this certain job opportunity in Philly. I have this job opportunity in King of Prussia paying this like message me your resume if you're interested and 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 so that that's what the job recruiter does i think they kind of like they they're like this intermediary between me and and the actual jobs and it's like they kind of work for me as opposed to me just going to like one of those websites like indeed uh and just like job searching on my own right so they so get I, I, so they're getting paid from the other end like I think so, yeah. The company probably paid them to find someone to fill their open position. Exactly. I see. That makes sense. Oh yeah, I was gonna then, you have to pay them. They also kinda like help negotiate, you know, uh salary and like other perks. Like they they kinda vet me in a sense. They they talk to me about like well, what are you looking for? Mm. And and you just be honest with them, be like, hey, I'm looking for fucking a bazillion dollars a year. 150k to start. Right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and th- you're definitely in, right? There's no last second fucking yes. bullshit. So that was stressful for yes. me cuz I've said before on this podcast that I do have a record. Mm-hmm. My my last DUI was in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, 13 years ago, but still, because like I've been through the system, you know, you just feel like at you're at the mercy of, you know, your past. You just which feel you like are, which is bullshit. Like, yeah, like what the yeah. fuck? Like, what does that do except to except hold you down? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like the Scarlet what, Letter. What? It's like, what is there to be said for redemption in this country that uh, a DUI from 13 years ago can prevent you and 13 years ago with nothing in between, in between. no, oh. no negative marks whatsoever in any way in between that can hold you back from bettering your life. You know what I mean? What system is that? Who is that helping? Nobody. It's, it's, it's evil. It's broken and bad. It's it's yeah, a so, it's a system of punishment, not a system of rehabilitation, not a system of redemption. It's a system of you fuck up once, you're going to hell. 
for sure. I mean, like, so after that third interview, the very next day, the, the my soon to be manager, uh, Mark, he called mm-hmm. me to offer me the job. Yeah, and I just like immediately accepted. Yeah. And he was like, "Do you, do you want to take some time? Do you want to like talk to your family about?" It? I was like, "Nope, I already have, yes. and I'm taking the job." Yes. So so then they sent me over, um, just like uh, digital paperwork to fill out mm-hmm. to like start a background check mm-hmm. they they scheduled me a piss test mm-hmm. so uh you know took the piss test not a big deal you know mm-hmm. i wasn't worried about that um but the background check it took a full like three weeks to finally <sighs> clear because they're a security company they do like a little more of an extensive background check mm-hmm. but still for those three weeks i was just like Oh my God! They're they're gonna find my DUI. I'm yeah. not getting this job, you know. And, and especially because of what happened with the previous yes. job, where all of a sudden they just like didn't want to hire me anymore. I was like, okay. Where did you say? Did you tell them? Did you give them a heads up at all? Like the the company itself, no. But I told the job recruiter, yeah. and I told the job recruiter of that previous job too. I was like, look, I do have a DUI in mm-hmm. 2009. Yeah. I just need to tell you this up front. It's gonna, you know, yeah, it's gonna get a ding on the old background check, but. My God. And the previous job that that recruiter, uh, she told me that she told the company that I had a DUI. So I really don't think that that's why they all of a sudden like pulled the job away from me, whatever. Um, the, the background check for this new job, piss test, all that stuff passed. I already filled out all my paperwork for, you know, like the I nine and W four and bullshit like that. So like it's, it's a done deal. It's happening. Yes, Timmy. Yes, 2023, starting off hot for the kid. I, I clearly buried the lead when you asked, how's your 2023 going? Because that is the biggest yeah. news. You're like, eh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's very exciting. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Good, good, good. We're looking forward to hearing about it. Now, you did say you had one bullet point you uh, had in mind for this show. Yeah. Yeah. So, DeMar Hamlin, everyone knows his story from the Buffalo Bills. You know, he collapsed on the field. He, Mm -hmm. like, literally died on the field and had to be resuscitated. And it was crazy. Like, it, it just... The, the order of events and everything, and he's having a miraculous recovery. Like, he's already been sent home. Awesome. Mm. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like, I, I saw on the Twitter machine, you know, that ESPN had, like, Stephen A. Smith and this other guy, Bart Scott, on a segment. And Bart Scott's a former linebacker. He was, I think, like, really amazing, actually. He was really good with the Jets and, I think, the Ravens. And they were, you know, doing a back and forth about, I don't know, the, the incident and yeah. like Bart Scott started to say things about how the wide receiver that DeMar was tackling, like through his kind of body and helmet into DeMar. It was, it was like kind of lightly stated, but it was almost as if he was trying to place blame on the wide receiver. Okay. <laughs> and like, it, it kind of blew up on Twitter a little bit. People were really like yelling and screaming at this guy, Bart Scott for like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, this wide receiver's not at fault for mm. this this guy getting hurt. Like it, it was it was a freak accident. It was like a play you see in every single football game, like maybe ten times, you yeah. know. And it just reminded me how much ESPN sucks 
it like I, I have not turned on ESPN in forever. Like I, I it, it's been at least a decade because yeah. their programming it's trash. Like and if it if it's live sports, obviously I turn on live sports. Like last night the uh college national championship game was on ESPN, so I was watching ESPN literally, but I never tune in to any other fucking programming ever. It's just such like it's not informative. Their takes aren't interesting. And like I can track this all the way back to I think the moment that I finally turned off ESPN in my brain and then quite literally on my television was back when remember Brett Favre and his dick pics he was sent to that chick Jen Sturger. Yes. Of that course. that was back when he I think was on the Jets or whatever. It was in the twilight of his career. Yeah. But like ESPN every day it was like their lead story about his fucking dick pics. And like, it, it was really shitty what he did. And it was, it was worth being a story, but it was not worth like, it was like a month's worth of this is what, like I used to going back to high school, I used to start my day by just like plopping on the couch, throwing on ESPN, catching Sports up Center. on like the every day. Yeah, and like, yes. I would catch up on just the, the scores from mm. the night previous and then I would finally like get off off the couch, like call my friends, see what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, maybe play some stick ball or wall ball or whatever. Absolutely. Um, maybe I wasn't doing this in high school. Maybe this even goes back <laughs> to middle school. But point being that like I used to love, love ESPN and Sports Center, mm-hmm. and I grew up on it. And now it is just such a just pathetic. I don't even know what it is. I, like it, I, I kind of liken it most to maybe what MTV has become, it's even like, what like it's, mainstream it, like news has become. Go that's ahead, more sorry. what it is, I think. It's like it's it's gone from information, like the sports center was great. And then there'd be baseball tonight, which would be if get all your baseball, NHL tonight. You know love the, oh all John that. Dutch Gross and fucking Barry Melrose. Yes. Yeah. And it'd be like entertaining and informative and it would you'd keep you up to date on the news and the league on the on the league that you love and that you'd follow and then there was a shift to somehow uh, they thought that people wanted to see debate yeah like like yeah, like i'm tu- i'm debate. tuning in to watch a moderator it started with like um What's that show called? Around the Horn. I remember when yep. the, when that started, and that's still on. Yeah, and it's liter. It was literally Max. What's his name? Just right. just calling out a topic, and then four beat writers yelling about it. And that show still, I think, holds some weight because it's the beat writers. It's like they're close to it. So but, I'll like. But then go ahead. But then it then that morphed into first take or whatever and then and then it's just like then there's a bunch of shows like that where everything now is less about seeing the sports highlights which is what we want to i'm not interested in seeing two old people yell at each other i don't care it's not entertaining i like sports and i like talking about sports I don't want to see two assholes yell at each other about sports when I can plainly tell that they 
were basically assigned opinions on the topic. Like, I'll take this mm-hmm. side, you take this side, we'll yell. Nobody really cares about what we're saying. We're just, you know, we're the entertainment. When it used to be the sports themselves were the entertainment and the presenter, you know, Stuart Scott and, and you know, all the, the rest would present them to us in an entertaining way. Now it's like, oh, Skip Bayless is the entertainer. Stephen A. Smith is who I'm here to be entertained by. No, right. this is broken. This sucks. I hate it. Yeah, and like speaking of Stephen A. Smith, like I don't know if you remember when Ray Rice like <laughs> cold cocked his fucking girlfriend on, on camera. video camera because yes. <laughs> it was like in an elevator. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith's take was like, this is bad, this is bad, but women don't provoke your man. Yeah. <laughs> that was his fucking take. Yeah. And that's that. And he got suspended. I'm, I'm pretty sure he got suspended for like a week or something for it. But like, that's just, no. Like, that. that's when I like was like totally full bore out. I was like, I can't, no. You punished him. He probably should have lost his job. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't fucking tune into him anymore. No, like that's it. And and he is such up his own ass, like a character. Mm -hmm. It's like people want to see me yelling. I all I do is yell about everything, so it's like nothing really matters. Like I'm the same. He's the same level of outraged about every single thing that comes across his desk because that's what he's probably paid quite handsomely to do. And it's like, brother. You lost the plot, ESPN. You got all the sports. That's what we like. That's what mm-hmm. we want to see. Not like ginning up controversy to like, you know, because that's exactly what you were talking about earlier. The Brett Favre thing. Shit story. Why is it leading Sports Center every day? Because it's like. Oh, it's so controversial. This will get the eyes on the product. This is what we need. It's it's the same thinking that's that ruined cable news. It's ruined. Yeah. It's ruined it, like any sort of uh, information um, television. It's just, because it's all about. That's the thing. It's everything is about. We got to get the ratings. What gets the ratings? Um, fucking controversy and and big fucking sensational news stories when it could just be like you're espn you've you're already you're the only sports you're the sports channel right do you need how much why can't you just be happy and do what you do well and keep doing what you do well better why do you have to keep well we got to get more eyes on it we got to drum up this fucking phony outrage bullshit so people think they need to watch it because we're the number one source on on fucking which athlete got fucking arrested today. Like that oh that it's such nasty, nasty shit. And it's and it like you said, it's unwatchable. Like luckily uh th- I watch ESPN at night sometimes. I'll put it on the work TV because it's just it's what it used to be where it would just be sports center on repeat all night which is fine right. you see the highlights and stuff but even though even then they'd be like okay now we have our segment of the show where 
some fucking talking head that nobody gives a fuck about, but is apparently an expert, is going to say a bunch of bullshit. It's like, no, show me Griffey hitting dingers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> fucking goddamn. Or keep bringing, or it used to be like, oh, bring in Tim Kirchin. A uh, baseball, uh, a respected baseball analyst. He'll 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 give us some a fucking list of facts uh, that are very interesting. Like not like, oh, here's our chief legal expert to talk about uh, the ramifications of this dude's fifth DUI. It's like I don't want to watch TMZ, brother. Yeah, and and the thing that bothered me most about the Brett Favre thing was that that was. Uh... It was during the part of the summer where training camps are ramping up. Mm. So, like, I was legitimately turning on SportsCenter to just, like, tell me about, like, a uh, a quarterback competition with, like, the Ravens or t- tell me about some depth chart battle, maybe an injury or something. Like, like instead, I'm getting Brett Favre's dick. And, like, it's not why I'm turning this on. Like, no. it just... And like I said, like I don't want to diminish what he did. That was fucked up. And Brett mm-hmm. Favre's a scumbag anyway. I hated him always. Oh, a legendary <laughs> piece of shit. Legendary. Even to this day. Right. But like, I don't know. Like it and to to what you're saying about like so uh the, the other day I got a haircut, um, and like the only time I could get it was like kind of early, like right when the place opened at like ten or ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And then I just, you know, I don't work until one, so I'm just like sitting in the apartment doing nothing. So I was like well, there's nothing on TV at this point. All right, fine. I'll throw on SportsCenter, mm-hmm. or I'll throw on ESPN just to see what mm-hmm. the fuck they're talking about. And here's Stephen A. Smith, like you said, this fucking talking head. And he's like, the the, the topic is uh, Green Bay versus the Detroit Lions, which just happened this past weekend. It was kind of like a win-and-you're-in situation. And, and like, he's just speaking nonsense. He's like, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lambeau, you know, <laughs> Tunyon, and, uh, you know, the wide receivers, yeah, they, they got to they gotta bring this home. And I'm just like, what information are you provide, providing me that I don't already know? You know what, Rock? So it's a new thing they've been doing, which I'm a big – I am a fan of this. They had him on some show, and they had J.J. Redick, on the other, an athlete, on the other oh, side of the yeah. table. You remember this? Yes. And then, and then <laughs> Stephen A goes on a rant, and then JJ Reddick just very calmly is like, "What did you? You just said a whole bunch of things that didn't make sense, and it sounds like you have a personal problem again." Like he just totally, <laughs> like calmly called him out, inc- <laughs> instead of instead of doing the thing where the where they you know like Skip Bayless would would play the other role of just screaming back at him. Yeah, shout louder. He just stopped and pointed out how much of an asshole he sounded like and how nothing he said made sense. And I was like, if the turn that it takes from the uh the pardon my take, the you know, all that fucking phony debate bullshit is bring out Skip Bayless, bring out Stephen A. Smith, all these fuckers, bring them out and just have athletes come and eviscerate them on TV until their contracts are up. I think that's a positive turn. If we could do that, <laughs> I'm fine with seeing that for a while. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch the clip on Twitter when, when it goes up. But uh, but yeah, fuck them. But I, I guess in that in like in that scenario, like don't give me Stephen A. Smith. Go talk to your ESPN Green Bay person. Yeah, 
Let, I want to hear his opinion because yeah. he's fucking close to it. And Talk, like, I want to. I want to. I want to cut to a guy standing outside the practice facility on a microphone, like with a earpiece. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and that's why, like, I tune into the podcasts I do because they're like the beat writers, mm-hmm. and they are trying to be the eyes and ears of like the locker room, and mm-hmm. that I like that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it also humanizes the athletes, you know, you, you don't treat them like robots and to get some of the personality, like one, one of the beat writers for the Eagles, um, he, he recently wrote a piece about Brandon Graham, but specifically he talked to his wife and mm-hmm. what it's like to like, just be a family member of a professional athlete and like what it is to <laughs> watch your guy, um, or watch your family member compete and like what's the anxiety like and especially in light of what happened to Damar Hamlin it's like what is it like in your shoes you know and that's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. Stephen A. Smith naming the players on the Packers and just saying how the game's at home and that's why they should win just does not interest me at all no no I got in the car this morning and my dad's radio was on and I had to, and I was just assaulted by another guy that just says a bunch of bullshit. Angelo Cataldi, just fucking—he's your boy. You man, love him. Man, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> He's retiring this year, not soon yep. enough. About twenty-five years too late. The damage has been done. It'll take <laughs> generations for the sports culture to recover in this city. But let's not give him any oxygen. Let's talk about. The fucking, you know, it's exciting times. The Eagles are in the playoffs first round by like, I'm feeling like, man, this is fun. This is like McNabb, Andy Reid era shit, you know, fucking taking this weekend off and then getting, getting, they could play the, the, either the Cowboys or the Bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, if you go by chalk and, you know, the, say Minnesota beats Giants, uh, the Niners beat Seattle, then yes, it's going to be whoever comes out of Tampa Bay and Cowboys. So, <laughs> I mean, that'd be wild. F- a fucking Cowboys-Eagles playoff game. Like, oh, yeah. They're, I, I mean, how perfect would that be? They're one and w- one and one on the season. Right. Both, uh, both wins were against the other team's backup quarterback. So right. there's like... It's basically a wash across the board, and it's like, man, that would be fun. It would also be fun to get revenge on fucking the Bucks who knocked him out of the playoffs. What was it, last season? Two seasons last ago? Last year. Last year. Man, it'd be great to fucking knock that old fuck around. Just get like yeah. a bunch of sacks on Tom Brady's dumb ass. Fuck him. It's not guaranteed he's coming back after this year, too, so it'd be fun to put him into retirement. Let's put him into the ground. <laughs> oh but it's fun it's fun it's the uh you know fucking uh it's the dark days post holiday now we're really into winter it's dark all the time it's cold now this is when sports really uh is nice you know seven o'clock it's pitch black but the TV's on and you're watching some sports and Timmy's betting on sports. And is he winning? <laughs> um, 
not <laughs> <laughs> like every week I'll do some stupid ass parlay bet and it never hits. <clears throat> so no, I'm not winning those. But I did I did place a bunch of bets like before uh the NFL season started. I placed a bunch of bets before the NHL season started. Uh so I, I threw like a dollar on the Eagles winning the NFC. I threw a dollar on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Okay. So so even if the Eagles just make it to the Super Bowl, I would win uh twelve bucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Big money. I did, I did. I did bet on the Chicago Bears to be below six and a half wins. Which, when the Eagles beat the Bears, that like guaranteed that. So I actually won money on that. Hell yeah! Um, and I bet on the Steelers being above. I think it was like seven and a half wins, just because like Mike Tomlin has, has never, never had a losing ever. That's crazy. Never. He's never had a losing season. Like, I mean, <clears throat> the, you know, you did have Big Ben for all of that and he was a great quarterback total piece of shit in in life but real <laughs> scum <laughs> but regardless like big ben was a big reason that he didn't have a losing season but there was some seasons where big ben was hurt and he mm-hmm. still managed to never have a losing season i mean hell this year he had mitchell trubisky who kind of sucks and a rookie quarterback and he still managed uh 9 wins right and there the steelers have had Three coaches since 1969, I think is the stat I read today. Three. Oh, wow. And then on the opposite end of that, the Bears, I think, had 20-something. Yeah. And they weren't even a team for three years. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a disaster. Yeah. Thank you, Jeffrey Laurie, for not being a piece of shit, which is like... Howie Roseman, right? We're in heavy sports talk here, but I was convinced when they fired uh, Coach Doug Peterson and didn't fire Howie Roseman that that it was a mistake. I was like, I've, I've, I was fully like, just why would you do that? I feel like the the you got to clear the whole house, you know, start over. But goddamn, if that motherfucker didn't prove me fully wrong with this team he built this year. You know what I mean? And it's not even just this year. Like, last year, too, like, his his draft maneuvering and trades and his actual draft picks themselves. Like, that's that's the other thing. Not just Doug Peterson getting fired, but, like, his, his... his free agent acquisitions and his drafting was, was suspect. Like yeah. it was bad, quite yeah. frankly, you know? Yeah. And, and th- that was also why I kind of wanted him to go as well. But then he's, he's like one eighty'd. clearly has learned from his mistakes. Cause mm-hmm. these past couple of drafts, he's been fucking spot on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It was like the Eagles forever would try to make this, the, uh, like, they would not go for the most obvious pick. They would try to make like this smart person pick. Like I'm the I'm the smartest guy in the room. Exactly, exactly. But it's like just make the fucking pick that's there. <laughs> and right. it, and it's it was like it was like that the wide receiver they picked who is a stud. You know, skinny is all hell. I'm scared every time he takes a fucking hit. But goddamn, if he can't play. Devonte Smith, yes. the Slim Reaper. He's so slim. He's <laughs> uh, yeah. He looks like me. Yeah, but like tone. <laughs> yeah, but fuck it. It's fucking exciting. 
Exciting to watch. It's exciting to watch football. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, actually, uh, plenty of Sundays we've been going over to Cat's parents' place just to like watch the game, and not not any big ordeal. Just me, Cat, her mom, and dad. We watch the game. We mm-hmm. go home. <laughs> you know, that's it. It's a good Sunday. Yep. Do they make food? Uh, well, the one one o'clock games we wouldn't stick around for food, mm. um, and then usually like, usually we would have like actual adulting to do anyway. Mm. Um, but this past game, since it started at you know four thirty, we we stayed for dinner. We we ate dinner like at halftime. That's nice. Yeah, and and really like her mom is so disinterested in in sports that she she kind of puts around the house and does like certain things while we watch the game, but she'll like interject in commercial breaks to like catch up on life and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it works. That's very nice. Very nice. Is Kat into sports at all? She loves football. Like, oh, that's really, awesome. really loves football. Cause like when she was at Penn state, she, um, she was a photographer for the paper, the collegian. That rocks. Um, yeah. And sh- they, they would put her on the sidelines of a couple games. Um, and that, well, I, even going back to high school, sorry, she was uh, the drum major, you know, the the conductor of uh-huh. the band. Uh-huh. So because of that, like she she very much had to pay attention to the games to like know her cues of yeah. to like what songs to play. So uh-huh. like she like took that as, as also a cue to just learn the fucking game of football and from uh-huh. high school and then translating that to Penn State. She just she loves football. That's fun. Yeah. As a drum major, you're like, all right, guys, play daddy. Hey, did eight, yeah. eight. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna play uh the Imperial March now. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That must have been have you ever been to Penn State for a football game? I went with my, my best friend in middle school, Matt Hiller. Mm-hmm. Uh both of his parents were Penn State alum. I mm-hmm. think he went to Penn State as well. Um, but we, we went to a game, uh sat in like the alumni section. They played Northwestern and they destroyed them like forty something to like seven. You know, isn't that like but, a like a hundred hundred k people in that stadium and shit? It's enormous. Yes, that's, I think it's like one hundred twenty. So crazy. <laughs> it's like if if the NHL had like any foresight, any like just good ideas. You know, they they would have already played a fucking Winter Classic. Penguins, Flyers, Beaver Stadium. Like, why has this not happened yet? <laughs> oh yeah, because they're they played their outdoor game in Philadelphia, right? Or in they played both. I think they played one in Philly, Heinz Field and, and at the and one in Heinz Field. Mm. I will I will admit that I think that from the fan, I've never been to a Winter Classic, but from listening to fans talk about it, they they think the baseball field works better because it like it just feels more intimate uh-huh. where whereas a football field it feels just too far from too the far. ice <laughs> yeah but yeah. still like man like beaver St- penn state's campus is quite literally in the center of the state perfect bring the halfway bring point. the two teams yeah, yeah. like yeah ugh, be so much fun <laughs> yeah i feel like they'd both have to be super good teams at that point because that you're gonna have to I mean, if you if you if you get fifty thousand people in a hundred thousand stadium, it ain't gonna look great on TV. <laughs> you know, True. you gotta pack that fucker out. 
hundred K. So was it just completely insane? Like a fucking raucous environment. Were uh, you in middle school when you went? Yeah. So we were like 12 or 13. Um, it, it was so since we weren't in we, in we were in the alumni section we weren't in like the student section mm-hmm. and it was like early early in the season and it was Northwestern not a rival yeah. sucked yeah. yeah like they're in the division but they, they weren't good at the time yeah. so like it wasn't crazy uh, but there was like there was definitely like some body surfing um, <laughs> people were just like throwing beach balls around and shit so it was more just jovial yeah. than like crazy you know yeah man I don't know how I'd f- like. I don't, I've definitely never been in a crowd of that size. You know, I've been to like mm. sold out Phillies games and Flyers games, but that's not even close to right. 120,000 people. Man, but I guess say it's in the fucking middle of the state. So they got the room, you know, that parking lot can go on for miles, right? There ain't nothing up yeah. there except the college. Yeah, and there's like a state penitentiary nearby, and that's about it. Nice. That's what's yeah. up. Penn State people love Penn State. The Nittany Lions, babe. Yeah, one of uh one of Kat's like roommates up there, this girl Mindy, she she was one of the bridesmaids in, in the wedding. Uh she's awesome. And Kat has like still a, a few friends that she still keeps in contact with that are just great people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when we first started dating, she was still in college and like, I would go up there occasionally. It's, it is truly its own little ecosystem. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's its own bubble, which can be bad, but also it's kind of cool that you just, you exist for the university and the university alone. Like if that university is not there, there's no town. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I guess the town's folks there, are just like yeah there's a bunch of psychos up here but that's that's the that's the economy you know what i mean right like where when when i was at bloomsburg bloomsburg if there wasn't a university there there truly would still be a bloomsburg like that does Mm -hmm. have it seems like it does have its own history yeah i'm sure cat if she were here she would tell me i'm totally wrong about penn state main campus that it doesn't totally exist off the university but i don't know that's what it kind of appeared as to me uh i could have went i was uh you know one semester at penn state uh formerly penn state delco now penn state brandywine is that what it's called yeah if i would have just stuck it out i could have transferred up to main campus fucking partied my ass off come on but I couldn't show up to school. Couldn't be bothered. Yeah, you live in you, you me and Keenan both. <laughs> Man, once that once I stopped being threatened with truancy violations, I just could get my ass there. <laughs> couldn't get motivated. Whatever. I'm such a person that like my my mom holds grudges and it's like tough for her to get over things, mm-hmm. and that is instilled in me. Mm-hmm. And I still think about like dropping out of college and view it as a mistake but uh-huh. then i always come back to the mindset of like well i wouldn't be where i'm at today if that didn't happen that's the you know? thing yeah like but- i would be i don't know where i'd be if i would have stuck it out and like i don't know you know it's it's a weird uh alternate timeline thing to think about that is just it's stupid to it's and it's a waste of time like 
yeah i yeah yeah. over with yeah i'm and it's and it's like you are happy you have a good life i'm happy i have a good life i'm sure you know if i didn't i would be stuck in that you know i'd be thinking about it a lot harder because i Mm -hmm. because i don't i wouldn't have we're lucky enough that we fucked up in our lives but we're okay now so it's like we can when we're thinking back and giving ourselves a hard time about like you should have just taken advantage of everything that was given to you and like you know fucking went to yep. went to class and fucking went to Europe or something with the school or something think about all that shit but it's like eh things are good now you know so yeah. it's not and- that big a deal but if things were total shit I probably kill myself. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking about this because of what you said. Like <clears throat> the way I dropped out of college, it was so obvious that I just hated school. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. And like once there was no requirement mm-hmm. for me to like show up, I was out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I became addicted to because in, in high school, if you don't show up to school, you get someone's calling your house. College yeah, don't give exactly. a fuck. Like yeah. I just became addicted to just not going. To, I skipped class once, and I was with my friend Justin. We skipped Spanish, and we sat in the commuter lounge and watched probably like Mari or some shit on the TV. It was like, all right, this is the only time we're doing this. We're never doing it again. But after we did it, we were both like, shit, I think we fucked up <laughs> because we just <laughs> kept doing it. Uh, and then... Two colleges later, nah. what can you do? But if you're young, stay in school. I'm more disappointed. <laughs> and like I was saying, like the, there are, if you know what you're doing and it's also like, you're so young and also dumb. Yep. I didn't really get it in terms of life at yet. You know what I mean? Totally. But the college can get you to fucking there gives you a lot of opportunities that you can't get in terms of like, you know, like I said, studying abroad for or some crazy shit. You know what I mean? Which cat which did actually, by the way, she went to Sevilla, Spain for a semester. That rocks like that's yeah. she did it right. Like you fucking take advantage of that shit. That's what I try to tell young people. It's like. As much as it sucks and it is a scam in many ways and it's too expensive and it'll fucking hamper you with debt. There are th- certain things that you can't take advantage of that are cool that, I mean, living in Spain sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like speaking of keeping friends from college, like there, there was a group that went and she still talks to like this group of four girls like to this day, like when uh, there, there was a, a Christmas that my parents wanted to do with something a little special with the family, which, of mm. course, my brother didn't join. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but my parents were like, hey, b- before the holidays, let's uh, let's take a train up to New York City. We'll we'll do it over a weekend. We'll spend a few nights. We'll go see the Rockettes at Radio City Music Hall, which mm-hmm. we did, which was was neat but it it really is meant for kids yeah. it's kind of like a giant advertisement to like go buy shit yeah, <laughs> at yeah. like macy's right right um, right but so we don't ever need to do that again but it was still kind of cool to see radio city music hall at christmas time yeah. um but we also like walked around rockefeller center um we saw the world trade center like museum 
which was really interesting, mm-hmm. but like surprisingly hit me harder than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> like I actually had to like walk out of a certain exhibit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like we, we spent that whole weekend, just the four of us, me, Kat, my parents in New York City. But at one point, Kat met up with one of these girls that she went and studied abroad with because she was living in New York at the time. And like my mom, Kat, and this girl, uh, Annie, went shopping. Like and my dad and I, <laughs> we went and caught a, a, bas- a college basketball game at Mad- Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's and awesome. That was the first and only time I've ever been to MSG. And yeah. it was after they had uh, renovated it. So it was like kind of fresh mm-hmm. and looked nice. And anyway, it was amazing trip. But just like it, it was cool that she got to meet up with her friend that, you know, they probably hadn't talked in like a year, but just that she was like, you know, texted her, hey, I'm in New York City. What you doing? Yeah. And boom. They met up. That's fucking great. So, yeah, like th- those are missed opportunities that I still think about, like, oh, yeah, may- maybe I should have done that one and stayed in college mm-hmm. and like studied abroad. Or, mm-hmm. At least while I was in college, I did go on the ski trips. They Those were fun. Hey, yeah, that's something. I didn't even have the balls to to go away to college. You know what I mean? I was fucking. I went to college in Aston. I live in Boothwin. It's the next town over. I never left my bedroom. <laughs> it was like uh, many mistakes, but we're moving forward, folks. Twenty twenty three, the year of the. I think it's the year of the cat. Maybe I forget. Cat, your wife. Um. But who played? Was it St. John's? Was it a St. John's game? Do you remember the basketball game? Uh, it was Purdue in Florida, I believe. Oh, Nick. it was it was the Jimmy V Classic or whatever. Oh, okay, okay, the Boilermakers versus the Gators. Which my dad is a former Boilermaker. That's where he got his PhD. Actually, he went to Purdue. Yeah, he did. That's cool. Him and Drew Brees. <laughs> I think the quarterback when he was there was uh, Bob Greasy. It was, oh. it was one of the Greasies. It was wow. like the older one. <laughs> That's great. Well, Tim, good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Uh, we got some stuff coming up, do we not? We got some stuff we've already done together. and We've got some stuff coming up. Why don't you let the our loyal listeners know where to find us elsewhere? Yeah, so my po- my podcast is Pop Addled. <clears throat> my buddy Keenan, who I know from high school, we talk about all sorts of stuff. This this week we're gonna we're gonna try to do a little like year in review, maybe just reminisce on a lot of the movies we watched in 2022, maybe some TV and stuff. Just kind of bullshit about 2022. Uh, then you, me, Harrison, and Keenan, we're gonna we've been running through Tony Scott movies. So mm-hmm. our next movie is The Last Boy Scout. So that that sh- we should be getting together soon to talk about that. Um, our most recent episode that's out now, we we got together uh, to talk about Glass Onion. We, mm. we broke our to- Tony Scott movies to talk about Glass Onion because Mike really, really did not like it. So we I'm had the to only person it. in America, apparently. <laughs> but it was a fun episode. It was good talk. And it wasn't. It wasn't what we just described. It wasn't just. No. Talking heads yelling at each other. We had just like a normal conversation about like, well, let's dig into why you didn't really like this, Mike. Yeah. And then, of course, as all of our uh, Doom Addle episodes, it goes beyond the movie and it goes more, you know, in conversations about culture at large and, you know. Sure. It's, it's Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a lot. And it's a, it, they're always very fun I've, and very 
enlightening conversations. And coming up, we are also, this month, very exciting, Timmy and I are going to join our friends on Com Majors. Oh, shit, that's right. In a couple <laughs> weeks, uh, or maybe in, in about a, a little over a week, to talk about one of my all-time favorite movies, Heat. So that should be a, a lot of fun as well. Those episodes as also are always a lot of fun. I'm so glad you reminded me of that. And I have not watched Heat. I, I, I can't remember the last time I watched it. So I am excited to rewatch it and talk about it. Oh, great. I'm Oh, I'm so happy. I might especially cuz unspooled they they kind of recently talked about The Dark Knight. Yeah. And they talked a shitload of uh heat in correlation to The Dark Knight and they even like played a clip of Christopher Nolan talking about heat and how much that movie inspired him and then really? they like yeah, and they and they translated that to the movie. <laughs> That's very cool. Very cool. I'm very excited. I you know yeah, I'm gl- and you haven't seen. I'm glad you haven't seen it in a while. It's one of my favorites. I I, I watch it probably once a year, uh, and uh, so that'll be fun. That's coming up um, the nineteenth, I believe. We'll do it, and those air as we those get aired live on Facebook. So follow Com Majors on Facebook uh, to see us do it live. And if you're not into Facebook. Uh, like Timmy, I know you're not. Just uh, follow Com Majors on the podcast app, and the episode will come out later. But that will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to try to get this episode up probably like right now. And uh, we're doing Doom Thugs Live monthly in two days. So watch out for that on twitch.tv slash Doom Thugs Live. And uh, all the podcast apps, I re- I'm hoping these podcasts go up. I recently did a bunch of behind-the-scenes shit, and this will be a big test to see if I did it right or if I fucked everything up forever. So that's exciting. Uh, Tim, I thank you greatly. And uh, to the listeners, we thank you. And uh, we'll see you next month. Yeah, Bye. always a pleasure, Mike.